Hey guys, welcome back. It's Alana. And Jacqueline. And you're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. But before we can launch into today's episode, Jay and I wanted to take a minute and explain our very unexpected hiatus at the end of 2019 and into the beginning of 2020. Uh, It takes a small village to put on the Black and Yellow podcast, and sometimes the lives of our other villagers, in this particular case, our editor, changes unexpectedly. And uh, we found ourselves with some scheduling conflicts and problems getting new episodes edited and cut and out to you guys in a timely fashion. So Jack and I spent the a good portion of 2019 and the beginning portion of 2020 trying to figure out a new production solution so that this problem will not happen again. And I'm happy to say that I think that Jay and I have come up with a great solution for editing, a great solution for getting you guys new episodes in a timely manner. Well said, Alana. And uh, I just want to thank everyone out there for still supporting us, for being curious and asking where our shows were. Um, I was also asking myself the same thing. Um, So I just want to let it be said that we super appreciate every single one of your support, subscribes, downloads, listens, likes, and we really couldn't do it without you guys, and we really do it just for you guys as well. So... Thank you, and um, we love you guys. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Jackie. Um, Jay and I love doing this show, and the unexpected break in new content and, in essence, connecting with you fine people, we found a big hole in our heart, and we had to make it right, not just for you guys, but for, for the entire community who checks in on Black and Yellow and who values this show. We do it for you guys, and it was painful to not be able to get you guys new episodes. So without further ado, we are going to launch into a new episode that we had recorded before Jack and I both took a break for the holidays. Uh, In this episode, it's a two-parter. It's called Resolution Revolution. And uh, it's going to serve two functions. If you've been with us for a while, then it's a little bit of a welcome back. Good to see you again. And if you're new to the show, it's a little bit of a Let's get reacquainted, get to know your hosts a little bit better. We generally delve into topics, excuse me, we generally uh, we generally delve into topics that are about race, feminism, but these two particular episodes we wanted to make a little bit more personal. We wanted to let you guys know what we were focusing on in the year of 2020, what our hopes and dreams and big audacious goals were. And so in this episode, uh, we're just going to let you know that. We're going to let you know where Jack and I's lives are. We're going to let you guys know what we're focusing on. And hopefully these next two episodes, if you haven't already, inspires you to set some really heady, really big, scary, exciting resolutions. If you haven't already, if you have, then we hope that this episode keeps you guys motivated, keeps you guys focused, and keeps you guys keeping on towards achieving your big, successful goals for 2020. So without further ado, this is part one of Resolution Revolution. Hey, it's Alana. And Jacqueline. And you're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. Ooh, the year is almost over, Jay. How exciting. Fast year. I feel like 2019 was very fast. Yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. And I also think a lot happened at the end of 2019. So, and like sort of leading into 2020. So it's one of those feelings of like... I feel like 2019 is almost having a carryover effect with the presidential campaigns and all of those things happening. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I've had one foot in 2019 and one foot in 2020 for a while <laughs> in a weird way. <laughs> and I also and I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I also think people are going to have one foot in 2020 when it's 2020 and one foot still in 2019. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good way of thinking about it. I definitely did not yeah. consider that. But yeah. Yeah, no, that's super <laughs> 
it's just been it's a, been a very volatile year. It's a lot has happened a lot around the world internationally. Uh, and we're we're still in it. So it's still I, happening. Yeah, so I think it's just kind of feeling all of that and letting that sort of weight on our shoulders dissipate as the year comes around. But obviously, it's not going to go away just like that, right? So True. But you know what always helps my nerves dissipate at the end of a new year and the start of a new a new, new year? <laughs> a new new year? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Tell me. New Year's resolutions. Ah, you know me, sure. I always resolve to have resolutions. You and millions of other people. <laughs> Do you? Are you into the to making a res? So I think I have always been a little bit in and out. I'm all, I'm I'm kind of I've always had this attitude of, you know, it doesn't have to be the new year to set a resolution. It doesn't have to be the start of a, of a brand new month or anything. You can start anything at any time, anywhere, whenever you want, right? I've kind of always adopted that attitude. However, I have had, you know, uh, New Year's resolutions here and there, maybe like one, I think a couple years ago, I decided not to buy anything that I didn't need for a whole year. And that Ooh. was really powerful. How uh, did that go? I'm interested to know. It. It definitely was a more conscious awareness when going out. And obviously this consumerism um, approach that we have to living. But uh, it was very powerful. I think I felt really uh, empowered in the sense of not feeling really materialistic. And um, deciding to spend things on, on... Deciding to spend money on experiences and things that would actually bring me value to my life. Yeah, and I And add get that. to my life versus, oh, I really want this coat. It's, you know, it's like almost $100, but I have seven other coats in my closet you know (laughs) fair yeah definitely (laughs) so I think it was just very it it wasn't even a really about being materialistic but mostly shifting gears in the sense of need versus want and I think uh with all of that being said I I thought it was a great I would recommend anyone do it especially if you want to be more globally conscious about you know fast fashion and uh kind of the 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 waste that human beings have created on this planet uh it's it's been really it's, it was really fun i really liked it challenge accepted <laughs> so uh, now my interest has peaked i don't think i ever knew this so was your was the challenge to not spend money on things you don't need or was the challenge to be conscious of the spending you were doing i fill me so, in like my interest is yeah. totally peaked so, of course. So it kind of came hand in hand. I think it was sort of the end of 2017, 2018. I had bought a lot of stuff. We kind of expanded as a family. We moved into a bigger house. Uh, so there was a lot of buying being done. And I was also making a decent amount of money that I I, I could feel like I could spend and you know, not necessarily safe. Um, so I think <laughs> as a result of that, I looked at the beginning of 2019 and I went, whoa, I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot. I haven't worn this shirt in maybe a year. You know, why Why did I feel like I needed to buy that? And so I think it was more for my closet was I'm not going to buy any clothing, apparel, shoes uh, until I either get rid of one. Oh, that was also the year of Marie Kondo. 2019 was the year of Marie Kondo. Yes, <laughs> 2019. Does it bring you joy? Yes, good old Marie. Absolutely. So I, that was part of it. Uh, I remember feeling like I was overwhelmed with the amount of things I had and uh, about the amount of time I was spending shopping, which could go somewhere a lot more you know, conducive to my growth. Uh, so then as a result of that, I I stopped going out and, you know, just leisurely spending time at, at malls or things that, that I didn't feel – because I knew that if I would go, I would – it would be a Tempted. trap, you know? yeah. Right, so just I would remove myself from that situation and I would start to be like, no, you know, I don't need to go. You guys can go. And and, and actually, as a result of that, my other family members didn't end up also doing the same, which was so cool. It's like a domino effect. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, so I think it was more of not buying anything that I needed until I got rid of something or something that 
only something that really, really brought me joy. And then um, as a result of that, it came into more of that conscious awareness of, wow, I'm spending quite a bit, you know? Right. Um, so it, it went hand in hand after that. But I mean, there are times where I failed and there are times where I succeeded. But overall, it was just cool to have that as like just a goal, you know, because I would, I would open up for the first time in my life, I would open up my closet and just be really overwhelmed. And that had never happened before. Uh, so that was really interesting for me to experience that. I have to say, hearing you talk so passionately about about uh, not spending money on things you don't need, of not being materialistic, I'm very inspired because I don't know if I've ever had that thought in my life. I'm a girl mm. who loves her stuff and her things. The yeah. more clothes in the closet, the better. Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. I feel you. So, uh, so why? <laughs> and so I and I had never considered this journey that you took as a New Year's resolution thing to consider in 2021. Because <laughs> Good. The, the 2020 <laughs> yes. resolutions are stocked. But I think it's a really awesome uh, goal. Also, bear in mind, we survived and lived through the Forever 21 generation because yeah. Forever 21 went bankrupt earlier in the year and yep. closing down a lot of stores. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I've been thinking a lot about what living through that generation and time of year or, or time in I know, uh, right? time in shopping and time right? in our formative years, like what that meant mm-hmm. and how that impacted our generation and the way that we look at um, acquiring things, spending money, how we choose to spend money, as opposed yeah. to Generation Z, who is a lot more... Um, I guess, moral and conscious in terms of of secondhand shopping, vintage shopping. Uh, I read an article in Refinery29 not too long ago that said for Generation Z, secondhand shopping is the big craze of shopping. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It it took, it caught me off guard and also made me go, what? Because... (sighs) I don't know. When we were 16, the idea of taking our extra $20 and skipping off to Forever 21 or Papaya or any of those competitor chains. H&M. Yeah. And getting, you know, um, a a theoretical going out top. I call it theoretical because I feel like Forever 21 was really big into those things. Like the scantily clad, low cut, tight, tie in the back, sequin clad tops that I feel like we would buy T-shirts but never... that were dresses Yes Like <laughs> things that we would buy With the intent of wearing them one day But we never actually wore them And so those mm-hmm. things made it to the back of our closets And collected dust Yeah that was a generation that you and I grew up in Now it's what cool Secondhand 90s Baby doll dresses, yeah. construction boots, jeans, whatever. Yeah, it's grunchy, yeah. corduroy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I um, yeah. It was. It, thank you for saying that, Jackie. I, all that said, I never really considered uh, monitoring my my purchasing intake as a New Year's resolution. But but maybe I might in the coming year of twenty twenty one. Yeah, I think I think it would only help because um. You know, as you become more globally conscious as well. I mean, I was watching this video about this, uh, I think it was the editor-in-chief of Vogue India. Cool. And she was just saying, you know, we always, it was a really great video, but she was kind of mentioning the fact that, you know, we go on diets. We, you know, we t- we do decide to eat healthy. We decide not to eat sugar for a month. How come people don't ever decide to not buy anything for a month, not buy a t-shirt for a month? You know, and when she sh- like when I heard when I saw that, I was like, it shifted my perspective. But I had realized that I kind of had come to that conclusion on my own by being hi- highly overwhelmed. But it's true, you know, people never think, and it's so easy to go by, like you said, living in that Forever Twenty One generation where it's like it's so cute, it's so easy, and yep. it's only six bucks. Of course, you're gonna buy it, right? You know, exactly. Um, so I think it, but it's not about the price, and it's not about. You know, it's about the fact that you're contributing to something that isn't going to be beneficial to you, to your closet, or to really anyone in that sense, except Forever 21, who now is not doing so well, maybe as a result of people becoming more conscious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think it's just, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one to kind of take that perspective of we do, we cleanse, but like we can actually cleanse in every area of our lives, literally. 
valid yeah absolutely well with that said if you have not caught on our topic of the day is new year's resolutions and if you don't know what a new year's resolution is it's totally fine i'll give you a quick and dirty definition so new year's resolution is i love it quick and dirty yeah it's a decision (laughs) to do or not do something to accomplish a personal goal or break a habit and it generally comes at a time when people look back at the past year and make an effort to improve themselves as the new year begins so as i stated earlier in the episode I love resolution making. I it provides me with a very specific high that I just love. And that that high of self-improvement and challenging yourself and before I set resolutions, I it gives me an opportunity to look back at the year I just lived through. And it mm. it's fun because I get to be my own hype woman. You know what I mean? Like I look mm. back and I'm like, yeah, you did that. Or, ooh, you did that. Or, yep, yeah, you did that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So good. Yeah. And it, like, it floods me with feelings of, with, with great feelings, bad feelings, questionable feelings, all of the above. But it's a great way to reset from the year that I just had and to look forward and give myself focused goals and directions for the year coming up. I'm a girl that needs direction. I just don't feel uh, as productive if I don't have some sort of guidelines for what I'm trying to accomplish with the year coming up. So there's, I, I think that there's a lot of people that can relate to that for sure. Yeah, but if you're not a resolution setter, that's okay. So in terms of the statistics, yeah. around 49% of Americans set a resolution every year. So just under half. That's pretty Amer- good. Yeah, exactly. Not bad. Now, of that just about half of Americans that do set resolutions, one out of every five Americans will actually keep the resolutions they set for themselves. Mm, that's not very good. I was going to say, exactly. So if you do that math, that means that a lot of people give up their resolutions, break them, have changes of heart. I hesitate to say quit. I don't like saying quit because then that makes that I feel like I'm calling people quitters. And I, I feel like, you know, resolutions can what about change. Give her, what about give her uppers? Sure. That works. Okay. Yes. I just I know if someone called me a quitter, I'd be like, uh, I did not quit anything. OK, like the circumstances surrounding my resolution were out of my control and I just couldn't follow through or whatever. Um, just, I like you know, a really long, long sentence to describe the word quit. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm standing exactly. behind it. I'm standing up for all those people that, you know, give up on their resolutions after a month because it just wasn't for them. Because I think that's an option, too. We shame those people that are like that set resolutions and don't follow through. And it's like yeah no resolutions are good guidelines for the year coming right. up. right well that, that's like going piggybacking of like okay you set your resolution but again like you can start back up anytime like there's no you know don't yes. worry about it a hundred percent definitely and this is going to be a two-part episode so we're talking about sort of general resolutions in this episode the history of resolution making and then in the next episode we're going to talk about the science behind setting a resolution and keeping it so you actually mm. hit on a lot of really good great points about not having it doesn't have to be the sort of a new year to set a personal goal it could be really anytime you are dead right about that um Mm. for me new year's comes not just at the start of every year but it also comes at burning man burning man is a type of new year's and generally when the man is burning you will hear people say happy new year and so i set an intention then as yeah so i set different It's awesome. I feel like I set a more personal spiritual intention at Burning Man. And then at the top Mm. of the year, I set more, um, I guess. Yeah. The the physical, the work, the financial. Figures. Yeah. Things you could see in your bank account. Exactly. Definitely. Uh, So, Jackie, question. What do you think the most popular resolution of 2018 was? Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I mean, I was doing some of my, I was doing some research and, uh, you know, looking around and seeing some articles. Um, so I'm not going to think about that, but I will do, okay. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to have to say something like, now I'm being influenced by that chart. Uh-oh, sorry. It's okay. I would say to get more exercise. 
So that was a very close second. So full disclosure, ah. I grabbed mine from Statista. I'm sure there are different polls that went around for 2018 resolutions. And in terms of the polls that I, the, the, the study that I pulled from, lose weight or get in shape was actually number two. And it clocked in at about 45% with number one being save money. So 53% of participants wanted to save more money in 2018. Losing weight, getting in shape was 45%. Having more sex, 25%. Traveling wow. more. Yeah. That's what I said too, actually, when I saw That's that. That's a New like, Year's resolution to have I, more sex? I guess. Travel more, 24%. Huh. Read more books, 23%. Wow, I like that. Right. Learn a new skill or hobby or language, 22%. Okay. Buy a house, 21%. Quit smoking at 16%. And find love, rounding us out at 15%. Find love is a resolution. All righty. Yeah, find love was one that I didn't think that people would set as a resolution. Um, Just because it's, it's... it seems very concrete as a goal on its face, but there's a lot of X factors behind it that could lead to you not achieving that New Year's resolution. Yeah, it feels like a very abstract, like I think to find love, there is no equation, you know? And I feel like sometimes with certain resolutions, you have an equation. You read 10 pages a day. You save $20 from every paycheck. Mm -hmm. But love is a little difficult. What, you go on five dates a month? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) To each its own. Yeah, when I saw that one too, I thought... Put yourself out there, maybe? Exactly. I had a a very similar thought because I was like, well, hmm, find love. Do you, like, join all dating platforms? Like, you just said put yourself out there more. Um, yeah, I saw that when I was like, I wonder how one chases that. But also, we're two girls in relationships, so I, yeah. you know, the dating landscape has has definitely changed since I was in the game. <laughs> Full disclosure. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're not qualified to talk about it. Huh, any yeah, <laughs> no. Like I'm not. I'm not criticizing that because I've been out of that game for a very long time. But if your 2020 resolution is to find love. Sir, Go for it. ma'am, non-binary ma'am. individual, I hope all of you find it. Yes, absolutely, because everyone should experience love. Absolutely. So as mm-hmm. per Statista, the most popular New Year's resolution ever is to quit smoking. What? Yeah, that's what I said too. However, in 2018, it was not as popular as saving money or losing weight, or having more sex. That's good. Maybe people are smoking less, or maybe they don't care as much. <laughs> but <laughs> Or maybe dang. people switch to vaping, and so yeah, they said, okay, well, I mean, well, all the controversy it. around that, I was going to just add a little, my tidbit of the controversies around vaping, which is also, it's it's not a, I don't, I don't, I don't think of it as like a better alternative. I don't know the health, you know, what, what the actual, I guess statistics and ingredients come down to it, but I guess just because there hasn't been enough research, it's a little scary, you know. True. I guess when someone sets the 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 goal to quit smoking, whether it's cigarette Anything. smoking or vaping, you're still intaking nicotine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 you're still getting addicted to a substance. So are we really quitting yeah. smoking if we switch to vaping? But at the same time, to each their own. If someone used to be multiple pack a day smoker and you switch to a jewel, I guess that's significantly better for your health. I mean, I don't I think that the studies on vaping are still too too yeah, new that, to really study long-term effects. Why? Mhm. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll find out, right? <laughs> uh, exactly, right. But uh, as Statista pointed out, uh, s- quitting smoking was not as high a priority in 2018, sad right. to say. According to, yeah, according to YouGov, quote, in total, 42% of women intend to save either money or save more money in the new year as compared to 31% of men, which... <laughs> Okay. I thought was sort of an interesting gender study around um, resolutions. Quote, yeah. likewise, around four in 10 women, so 41%, said they aim to both eat healthier and get more exercise in 2018, while only one third of men, about 33%, planned on doing the same. 
Furthermore, <laughs> 29% of women say they want to focus on self-care, such as getting more sleep at night, as compared to 20% of men. If you want to put our critical gender lens on New Year's resolution making. Interesting. I think it's very obvious that to a certain degree, men and women have different goals. <laughs> very true. I, the saving yeah. money goal... I. There are a lot of people out there who think that we are bracing ourselves for an upcoming recession. So that yes. could so make I sense. Exactly. So, I mean, I guess saving money in that respect, it makes sense. Also, at the start of a new year, the desire to save money makes sense because the holidays are expensive. Yeah. People spend thousands and thousands of dollars traveling. Yeah. Gifts. And, and if you then think you're not about working it, on top of it, too. So you take time off. Oh, my God. Yes. And if you travel or go on holiday, there's that. Like, not travel for to go visit family on family for Christmas, but travel on holiday. Like, that is what your family does. Yeah. You guys oh, leave. and also, if, if you have a family of four or five, your, your airfare back and forth depending on where and how and when you purchase the tickets could easily rack up up to ten thousand dollars oh my god a, fam- a family of four or five if you're you know you're married you have kids and and you're taking somewhere internationally like yeah. you know a round trip could be 1500 easily 1500 to 3000 i mean you know no, it adds all up. True. And, then, and then and then when you're there the expenses of vacationing we all know stay lodge food entertainment all of that racks up so i mean i guess it makes sense why you gotta save <laughs> yeah and then also when you start the new year you're getting ready for tax season yeah i mean we've both worked in restaurants we both remember how slow the january's and certain parts of february before valentine's day was because everyone's mm-hmm. trying to recoup all that money get ready for tax season or if you're a a goody two shoes or a very responsible human being you are paying your taxes early and i still envy people that just get their taxes paid in february that should be one of my <laughs> life goals um but yeah, so all that said, saving money makes total sense for why yeah. that's a goal. Yeah. So New Year's resolutions does have a history behind it. And yeah, who knew, right? I right. didn't know. I didn't really realize this either. And it's not a, a very long history, um, but we can... But it makes of, sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, I didn't think it came... I just always assumed it came from the Catholic Church for some reason and not from the ancient Babylonians. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a jump. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, we can credit the ancient Babylonians for setting the first set of resolutions around some 4,000 years ago. So, they were the first to hold record celebrations in honor of the new year. However, their new year actually began in mid-March and not in January. Because in mid-March, mm-hmm. that was when all of their crops were planted. And mm-hmm. it was Julius Caesar that tinkered with the calendar and during the Roman time. Right. Exactly. And and switched the new year to January. But during ancient Babylon times, uh, during a massive 12 day religious festival known as Akitu, the Babylonians crowned a new king or reaffirm, reaffirmed their loyalty to the reigning king. And they had made promises to the gods to pay their debts and return any objects they had borrowed. I don't know why that last little bit is not a caveat that we still use today. I know. So good, right? Exactly. Like, your New Year's resolutions will not come true if you do not return that dress and shoes that you borrowed from me during summer of 2019. (laughs) Or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. These promises could be considered the forerunners of New Year's resolutions because if the ancient Babylonians kept their word, their pagan gods would bestow favor on them for the upcoming year. And if not, they would fall out of the favor of the gods. And really, who wants to fall out of the favor of any god with a capital G or a little g? Food for thought. Mm. So then, yes, the similar practice also occurred in ancient Rome after the reform minded emperor Julius Caesar established January 1st as the beginning of the year. And that happened around 46 B.C. And named for Janus, the two faced god whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. That's kind of freaky. 
January had special significance for the Romans, believing that Janus symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and forward into the future. The Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the year. So it's like Big Brother is watching you right now and Big Brother watched you back then, if you will. Mm-hmm. So like behave right or you're not going to get you know, you're not going to get that raise. You're not going to save all that money. You're not going to have more sex or whatever the ancient right. Romans were intention setting at that time. Then we switch over to the Christians. So this is more what I'm familiar with in terms of New Year's resolution setting. So the first day of the new year became the traditional occasion for thinking about one's past mistakes and resolving to do better in the future. So in 1740, an English clergyman named John Wesley, who is the founder of Methodism, which is an offshoot of Christianity, created the Covenant Renewal Service, mostly held on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Also known as Night Watch Services, they included readings from scriptures and hymn singings, and served as a spiritual alternative to the raucous celebrations normally held to celebrate the coming of the new year. That's so Christian. Don't go out and party. Come to church. Pray. Shake hands. Set intentions. And leave all those godless heathens out there to revel in debauchery. Well, because it also happens on Halloween in a lot of uh, really conservative black church parishes. The same thing happens then. It's like, don't go celebrate oh, Halloween. That's a, 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 a holiday reserved for celebrating devils and, and things that are not of Christ. Come to the church. We'll sing fun, spirit-based songs. We'll have a very safe trick-or-treat. And we will stay out of the way of Satan, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much the history of New Year's resolutions. I mean, obviously, in now modern times, we generally make resolutions for ourselves and not for gods that we worship. Which got me thinking, like... That's so fascinating how things kind of... I, I Sorry, did I cut you off? No, 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 go for it. Yeah, that was kind of the biggest twist for me was that... And, and a lot of articles talk about this or a lot of, um, you know, uh, I guess, yeah, articles uh, talking about the history is that maybe... And not that that's bad or good or wrong or right or any of that. I'm just, you know, contemplating both sides or many sides, many perceptions on this is that I wonder, you know how people say that, like, you know, live, live for, like, live for the bigger purpose, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the, like, the yogi, the gurus, more of the spiritual context is, like, when you don't live for yourself, and you live for something greater and bigger than you, when you, when you give to a cause, that is when you can, you know, become fortunate, or also, there are, you know, tests being ran and done, and, and, and results saying that, you know, when you do something bigger and grander for yourself, in the sense of, like, doing something kind every day, even so small as to smile to a stranger you know that smile is contained just you know we've all seen and heard and things like that I just wonder I'm all over the place I know no um, no no that, all that makes perfect sense to me actually yeah I'm just wondering and and they just they do say you know that because of that you will become more fortunate and I'm just wondering if there is a way where we can sort of kind of like find a middle ground because I do feel like oh. like every everything that you said on Satista and everything that I was reading, you know, it's always about like me, 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 me. I save money. I get healthy. I read a book. I learn a skill. I, I, I. And I get it. Like, I think it's great. The momentum, you know, become healthy. If you can't help yourself and you're not healthy, how can you do it for others? Right. But I just, I wonder if there could be almost like a revolution to this New Year's resolution is that this idea of you have certain resolutions for yourself, but you also must have some kind of resolution for something bigger and grander and greater than yourself. And I know there have been people who have decided to do certain things like that, like not because of New Year's, just because of life. You know, let's say they got sick or people who all of a sudden have cancer or something like that. They have to have like a radical shift. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people claim to be much happier. Um, So I just wonder, like, I'm just thinking like how to sprinkle that in and like how that shift might might affect people. Um, That's something I'm really curious about. It would be a cool experiment to run, but... 
Yeah. Well, first things first, I think you just uh, started a new catchphrase for the show. <laughs> Revolution for the resolution. I'm yes. legit obsessed. <laughs> um, but I see what you're saying. And I think I wonder if the answer to that is you've got to set then intentions that deal with your community. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like start as, some, start small, start somewhere. In that yeah, sense. exactly. Like your physical, let's say if you have a, a goal to get in shape. Well, you can get in shape by running or training for something like a marathon or a Ragnar or an Ironman, or you can get in shape offering to volunteer at your local church or your local recreation mm-hmm. center, planting trees, doing their gardening, saving them some money in that regard. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like looking for alternative ways to get your physical activity fill that yeah. does benefit other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good twist on not a twist, but essentially how to accomplish both things and find find get creative and find ways to kind of think outside the box and and have fun and experiment. Uh, because, you know, I, I think I don't know how much of it is part of it, too. But this idea of that, you know, people do fall off the train. Is it because it's all is it always the same thing? Is it like, all right, last year I couldn't lose 20 pounds. So this year I'm going to do my best to lose 20 pounds again. But it's like. How did you do go about trying to lose those 20 pounds? You know, how did you actually attempt? Was it through diet? Was it through exercise? And and if if you're doing the same thing and you're not getting the results, then change it up. Yeah. Know? But yeah. I, I mean, in terms of the, the, the goal setting community, you always hear grab a buddy. If you want to make sure you follow yeah. through, grab a buddy. Yeah. And I think that you're really onto something that is not only philanthropic, but also really honest. Because if your resolution for the last two or three years was to lose 20 pounds and for some reason you, you just couldn't achieve it, it could be because, you know, it's it's easier to accomplish something when someone's holding us accountable. But for some of us, it's hard to be our own boss. And for some of us, oh if, it's, gosh, yeah. if it's just us counting on us, it's easy to no give way. up on ourselves because I'm not going to call myself out. I being one, because if it's me as Alana Webster, I'm definitely calling myself out and like cursing myself in my mind. But yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. I'm always hardest on myself. But I see what you're saying in terms of if you set resolutions and you really want to follow through, get a way to get accountable. And I love that call to action for Mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. for this episode and for your resolutions, should you choose to set them in 2020. I absolutely love like adding a philanthropic twist to resolutions that we're setting. And it's making me look at my resolutions and go slightly "Hmm." different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm glad. I've got my resolutions written down right here and I'm like, well, how can I make these resolutions more philanthropic? I mean, I definitely have an idea for one. Should we talk our resolutions while we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, I guess that was just the point I really wanted to make because when I read the history, I'm going to just reiterate myself. When I read the history, it was like that that seems to be the overarching big difference is that before people used to do it for something grander and bigger than themselves. And therefore, maybe that's why they stuck with it. now in today's modern society it it is not that because of times because you know people don't believe in gods whatever their belief may be but I just think if there there's some kind of um there's like a little bit of like some kind of golden nuggets there that I think if we can sort of infuse in our lives and take Mm -hmm. something from the ancient Babylonians that we can uh we can maybe be very successful just a thought I think it's a great thought just a light bulb moment I think it's a great thought. And I love that you use the verb infuse when talking about Mm. changing human behavior. I'm going to infuse more philanthropic acts into my 2020 because I think you're on to a really great point. Somewhere in there, Mm. it turned from being about others to being about ourselves. And I do think we're living in a world where... Oh, yeah. We need more compassion and we need more kindness. And I do think we need a lot more concern for our fellow man, woman, and non-binary person... Even if those people are not on our same quote unquote, um, uh, even if we don't see eye to eye. Yeah, I was going to say even if they're not on our level, but I don't like that phrase for this kind of work because that connotes someone's up here and someone's down here. Right, right, right. And I think one of the things about our feminist practice is we encounter people on a daily basis that 
don't necessarily agree with feminism. And so the daily challenge there is even if I encounter a woman that doesn't believe in feminism or that doesn't agree with my feminist beliefs, I'm still looking at someone who is a woman who is my gender. I'm still in essence fighting for her rights just as much as I'm fighting for the rights of myself, you or other people. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I, I think in that way, taking that same mindset of, okay, you and this person might not see eye to eye, but you're still human beings in the world. It's not true when you, when someone says, I have nothing in common with this person. You generally have something in common with everyone. No one wants to be miserable. No one wants to be broke. No one wants to be unhealthy. No one wants to be unhappy. So at a base level, you at least have that in common with most people. Right, right, right. I completely agree with you. But I do think that what you, I do think your challenge is really good food for thought. And I mm-hmm. thank you for bringing it up because I have never considered that in my New Year's resolution setting as much as I hate to say that. Ugh. Well, it's all good. Just you're human, too. I mean, I don't I don't think it's like I said, it's not bad or good or wrong or right. But I do think there's there's opportunity for growth, I think, within all that, you know. How Marianne Williamson of you. Look at you, you <laughs> spiritual guru. <laughs> what can I say? No, you guys, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not tooting my own horn. I just, you know, it's just who I am. <laughs> so sh- shall we state some resolutions here? Yes. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, up to you, uh, whichever you would like. Or we could also switch off. Okay, let's switch off then. My first one that's pretty like dead on there's not much no complication it's just it it is what it is pretty straightforward is to pay off all my credit card debt for in the next year no more credit card debt yeah love the sound of that Mm, man the one the day i'm like visualizing already the day i i put my login my username i put in my password and i click login and all the balances are zeroed out that day when it arrives i will be very very proud of myself i remember at the end of 2017 when i paid off my express bill i like walked in there with my card i had sharpied the amount that i had to pay off (laughs) <laughs> literally tattooed like, it <laughs> yes handed the the store associate my wad of money and the guy laughed at me like oh like what an odd amount i think it was like 437 dollars and 20 cents or something like something like that and i like handed him the exact tea something like that and i remember handing it to him and he was like oh you're really trying to like pay off this credit card and get ready for 20 20- 18 I was like yep and I paid it he gave me my receipt it was zero and then I said can I have a pair of scissors please and he said excuse me I said I would like to cut up this credit card and standing at the checkout I cut up that express credit card yes Jackie I wanted to do cartwheels out of that store I cannot wait for you to pay off all this debt I'm very excited Mm, for you I know as am I so I I'm already starting but um, obviously it's the end of 2019 and I, I, there's no way for the amount that I have unless I somehow decide to, you know, work the corner or something, um, <laughs> which is not happening. <laughs> small actionable steps. I think that's really all you need is just, you know, small actionable just... steps to get you there, but please yeah. don't work the corner. Like no, if, if it's getting to was... that point, I will lend you some money. <laughs> Thank you. You are you're a kind partner. No problem. So, All right. What's yours? I tend to, you know this, but I don't know if our listeners do. I set more than one resolution for myself. I generally set four every year. Yeah, I kind of set, I have set, this time around, I set one in like a, each category of my life. Yes, perfect. Okay, mm-hmm. we're on the same page. So while you're talking about finance, I'll talk about finance as well. So in cool. 2018, I wanted to save $10,000. Full disclosure, Ooh. Jackie and I are filming this. It's not quite the end of the year yet. Jackie and I are traveling at the end of December for a good amount of time. So we're recording this ahead of time. So I have not yet, I'm saying it to say I've not yet hit my $10,000 goal. I'm about $1,000 away. So I'm confident that I will get there, but I'm not quite wow. there good yet. Job. It was amazing. not easy. I will tell you that saving money is not a strong suit of mine. It was very, very challenging. 
I went without yeah. buying some really cute clothes and going to some really great <laughs> restaurants. I'm not going to bullshit you there, but I did it. And I'm very proud of myself. So good. That being said, I'm actually combining my finance resolution and my personal resolution. Okay. I have set a three year goal to save a hundred thousand dollars. So in wow. Yes, it's a very big, very lofty goal, and it's a goal. So by by twenty twenty, you're gonna have by twenty twenty three, you're gonna have a hundred thousand dollars saved. I that's my goal. All righty, it's girl. a big audacious goal, and I'm combining my personal and finance because in order to in order to save a hundred k over three years, I have to break that down, and so for the next three years, I have to save about thirty three thousand dollars over yeah. the next three years. So, I love that. I mean, go big or go home, right? You take, yeah. that, take that phrase to the next level. That's amazing. Exactly. I've been reading a lot about how to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, again, fullest of disclosures, I don't have a ton of credit card debt. I have got about $2,500 on my Nordstrom's card. Um, but my other credit cards are paid off. And I did not have any student debt coming out of college. So, so that's... You already, you're already on like a much more... Uh, like your your footing, your foundation, you know, you're already blessed to have that because not many people get that chance True. at all. Even people have student loan until they die with student loans. A hundred percent, which is why I wanted to be as honest with our listeners as possible. Like I'm setting this. I realize that in me setting this goal, it is because of those things. I'm not mm-hmm. ignorant to that fact. So I'm happy to call yeah. out that privilege. When in doubt, call it out. I'm doing it. Um, but in order be to. Grateful. Exactly. So I got to save three thousand. Sorry. 33. 33,000. Uh, 333 or something. It's like sorry. a bunch of threes. It's a bunch of threes. 33,000. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly what you said. Over the next yeah. three years. So I have to put a plan that's in That's great. Place. That's like three years, 33,000 and three. That's a great. You know, the, the whole like Trinity, like things are like that Trinity. Ugh, there's a word for it. There's like a Trinity theory. I've heard. I think like, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So like things in threes are really powerful. Um, you could see it in nature all the time. You see it in maybe numbers or something. I'm going to get it. We should, maybe we could have an episode on this. But uh, yeah, good for you. Yeah. So it's the, the, the three-year goal is that. So I've got to break that down. And you already got 10000 in for, for 2020. 18. Well, for, no, for 2018. The, the 10 oh, grand is its own goal. But because I did that, it empowered me to look into, okay, well, if I can save 10 grand in a year, what about saving 100 grand in three? And so I've been in bed at night, falling asleep, reading about how to do that and reading about those small actionable steps. So I'm not going to lie. The idea of doing that seems hard and it seems really scary. And there's a part of me that is sitting in my office, pinching myself <laughs> going, did you just effing say that to... Your co-host and in front of a bunch of people who are your listeners. Yes, I just did. I think bec- I think it's an accountability thing. I think like, oh, yeah, if you don't shout it out and, and say it, it's not going to be real. And now that I've yeah, said it, gonna, it has to be real. We're going to be coming around next year. And if you don't have three hundred three thirty three thousand three hundred and thirty three dollars <laughs> exactly. in your bank account, you don't screenshot your account and send Dude. it to me. I don't know if we can continue this podcast. I am very nervous about how to do it. Maybe you and I might be working corners. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Exactly. If Kamala Harris gets elected in 2020, she's going to decriminalize sex work anyways. So, you know, that'll be in our favor. That's it. That's uh, our way out. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oldest profession. Oldest profession in history. So, you know, go back to the roots. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Uh, So there's there's my first resolution. I'm throwing it back to you. What's your next one? So I've also been cultivating this as of now, but um, I'm really going to make it, uh, I'm going to cement it more and more. I'm going to go into, um, this can kind of go into two categories, so I guess I'll combine maybe the two, um, self-love and health. Okay, yeah. So um, for health, mostly would all would really be about um, moving strictly, completely, authentically, fun Funly making words up um, into a whole foods plant based diet with minimal yeah. oil and not too much salt and sugar, um, and that is going to be a process in it of itself. But Oof. I've already sort of been on this whole foods plant based diet for about six months now. 
Uh, no, more like four, but um, I feel amazing, a mental space, mental clarity, energy, emotion, like everything is just, it's amazing, literally what food, food can change your life. Yeah. Um, literally change your DNA, like everything, I'm not even joking. Mm-hmm. So um, that would be, you know, I have my moments still, so, and that is just because I'm still addicted and, and have attachments to sugar, and I think it's just... You know, understanding that I spent almost 30 years of my life eating one way and it's not just going to happen overnight. So I have to constantly remind myself that and be kind to myself. But that is um, sort of me, my health, my health goal. And uh, my self-love would be to really um, buckle down and get serious about my morning routine and my evening routine. Because I I find that when I have my morning and evening routine, um, I am a lot more grounded. I'm calm. Um, I tend to be emotional in general and I'm learning to control my emotions. But when I don't have my morning and evening routine, my days get thrown off and you know, life will hand you tests constantly and you can't really know when they're coming or when they're going to show up. But what we can do is learn how to control ourselves in the midst of it. And um, solidifying that morning routine and that evening routine uh, would really, really help with being productive and effective and responsible about my life. So nice i don't suspect being fully plant-based is going to be a challenge for you because when we have work meetings you're it seems like you're those um reflexes are are there and firing yeah you're right i think it's those moments of weakness and i literally call them moments of weakness because that's where they are when it's like (laughs) i'm hungry and i'm angry you know or i'm sad Or so then it's like everything kind of, you know, one thing affects the other. So if I'm not at 100 and something happens to throw me off and because I'm emotional, then I decide to take it out on food. That's kind of always been my go-to, yeah. So I think it's realizing those times where I'm not feeling too good and so I kind of want to go for comfort, you know, in um, something that is not good for my body. Ah, got it. I see. Which what you're we saying. we all know what that's like. Yeah. Oh, hundred I mean, percent. That's that's yeah. just called being human, as far as I'm concerned. Right. So I think that's my goal is to just get to a point where when I do, because I it's inevitable. I'm I'm gonna get angry. I'm gonna get sad at one point. But my 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 goal for that would be is that when I do, and if that happens, I'm not gonna want to go eat a piece of cheese or you know crave a hamburger, which I don't much anyways. But mm-hmm. it's that I it's that psychological thinking behind it, um, you know, uh, that that I want to nurture. Um, so yeah. I have no doubts that you will achieve this Thank goal. Thank you. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. You. I'm a plant-based pescatarian. I think I've said that on the show before. And I feel like your your like ability to make healthier choices that don't involve meat are so much stronger than mine were when I was mm. weaning myself off of meat that I have full faith in you. 100%. Oh, I appreciate it. I'll think about you when I lose my faith in myself. Thank you. And when you have some tricks for detoxing off of sugar, you let me know. Because I'm often back and forth. Sugar and I are like, you know, frenemies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm, I'm learning too. Every day. It's all about learning. <laughs> okay, well, well, let's stick with the health resolution. Okay. So my physical resolution is I want to go on a runcation in 2020. Whoa. Yeah, so 28, or sorry, 2019 I was in 2018 in 2019 I had I set the uh, physical resolution to complete the LA marathon which you did which I did yay Mm -hmm. and so I think the next iteration of my running practice is to go on a runcation so a runcation essentially is if you um Think of it as like a destination wedding for runners, if you will. Wow. You plan a trip around running a race or a running experience. Okay. Yeah. That sounds sounds beautiful. Like I imagine you like running in Italy, like on the coast or something. I don't know if I could swing Italy in 2020. (laughs) There's like a a girl's trip to Greece that's bubbling up. But I, I do want my running practice to take me... To, a, to places I have never been before. 
I will say that. Okay. Oh yes, I remember you mentioning that, which I really like that idea of your your passion for running taking you to places that you've never been before. Yeah, like I've looked at Hawaii, though I don't necessarily because I've never been to Hawaii, but also I don't oh, think I can swing yeah. Hawaii next year. But oh, I see. Maybe that means I discover a new place around California. Maybe I go to yeah. Utah. I know there's also a run to Vegas that happens every year. Whoa. Yeah, it starts in Santa Monica, and you get teams of between six people and ten people. And from LA to to Vegas is about six and a half, seven hours. And every hour you have someone running. So every hour it's a runner. At the top of every hour, a new runner taps out the old runner, and you just essentially run all the way to Vegas. And then once you're in Vegas. You just you do Vegas. Exactly. Um, so that idea has been really interesting to me. But when you were talking about being more philanthropic with mm. our resolutions, one thing that I noticed while running the LA Marathon that I thought was so cool and definitely want to do, and you sort of inspired me, is um, being a guide for blind runners. Oh, I like that. Yeah, there's a large contingent. At least when I was running the LA Marathon, there was a lot of blind runners. And wow. It was, yeah. And their, their guides essentially were runners themselves who instead of uh, running the marathon to get a qualifying time for the Boston Marathon or New York Marathon, they opted instead to be a blind runner guide. And I just thought that was cool. so cool and so... Yeah. How giving. giving. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, even thinking about it just gives me chills. So Yeah, I, I got chills too. Yeah, so I think I'm going to look into what that process is. How does one mm. become a, a, a guide for a blind runner? What is that like? Is there a training I have, to, have to go to train. through? Yeah. Yeah, I would like to know that. But um, in terms of, of, of marrying the physical with the philanthropic, I think that that's a, a new twist on my goal. Oh, good. Yeah, I'd love to hold you accountable and um, let you know. I mean, here for like, have you tell me how if you, you know once you do research and I mean that might be something I'm interested in too. Even if it's like a like a small race, you know, obviously I cannot run like you can, but um, but even if it's a five or ten k, I mean, like, yeah, which isn't too bad. I think uh, I a part of me felt really bad as I saw these blind guides because it was like I had to check my my ableist privilege it's like oh alana how can you assume that blind people don't like running either how can you assume Mm. that blind people don't run the la marathon it was really a a short-sightedness on my part that i feel like now that i have realized that i feel like i need to atone for it in some ways but also it just sounds super dope like yeah you know what i mean helping someone else achieve their dream of running to me sounds really cool well, also, too, it's like you understand what it brings for you. So, you know, to be able to to assist someone in in having that be fully realized, I think, is so powerful. And oh I, God, I, I know I, I, myself and it would bring you so much joy. I'm sure it would make you very emotional to see them cross. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. All right, girl. What's your next one? All right. Well, if we're keeping up with this, I'm going to take off, piggyback off the philanthropic um, sort of theme. Um, I forgot to write this one down, but it's I'm already sort of practicing it as well is um, I've been doing a lot of research on and I and there's a lot of people that are doing it now, but I highly recommend it because of the state of our planet and what we're going towards is um, to slowly start to um uh, go more like green so more refillable so I'm not mm. buying I'm not buying one use one, one um, single use plastics anymore yeah um so there's this really the only one right now and I think the only one right now because I've done some research and a lot of them are in San Francisco um or there's a lot more companies that you have to purchase and they send you things which I still don't agree with that carbon footprint right um but I there's this little shop and it's close to you actually it's a little i think in eagle rock no no no, no. talks um, life no it's called sustain la oh um, i've seen that place yeah yeah and it's a little refill station so i have been um i don't buy any more um single-use floss so i don't throw away that plastic carton got same it with tooth same with toothpaste um dishwash detergent um liquid detergent um so i'm starting to incorporate um less plastic in my life 
and as a result directly impacting because honestly recycling should be the last option and I don't think I think people have abused that idea of oh just recycle it and it's like when people actually do research to see what can be recycled, how it gets recycled, how it gets reused, what do you make out of those recyclable materials, the emissions that go in the air, you start to realize that recycling really shouldn't be the first option. Um, so with that being said, I've kind of, I've, I've just recently started um, incorporating that into my life and I've, I've, I've been feeling so much better that I know I'm doing my part to uh, help impact the environment. Um, for a more positive side. So that's kind of like the green goal um, that I do encourage everyone to look and see where they can do it. Even if it's just instead of using paper towels, getting like old clothes and cutting them up and making those rags, um, investing in sort of more um, like, I guess, reduce and then reuse, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, no, not, not as many Ziploc bags, but glass containers and not plastic containers on top of that. So just kind of like finding small things to start to incorporate where you can and start to look at like, oh, where can I make this change? Or where can I, you know, not buy plastic? Oh, what I do now, too, is everywhere I go when I can, like, instead of going in um, to a coffee shop, I bring my own I bring my own mug every time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I'm starting to do that with utensils on top of it. Or if I take something like a takeout, I'll make sure to give, tell them to not give me any bags or napkins or spoons or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took me, even though like I've always kind of been living this life, even that takes, still takes me like a conscious decision to be like, I'm going out. Even when you go to, when I go to restaurants, um, I'll take a big container with me. And instead of asking for them to pack it up and that with their plastic boxes, I pack it up myself in my glass box. Um, Great. Yeah, so that's kind of the green goal, which takes a little bit more of an effort, a little bit more thought, a little bit more discipline, but I feel really, really good when I do it, um, and it brings me a lot of joy. So, I just recently switched over to bamboo toothbrushes. Yeah, mm, that's great. I'm really because glad I, to hear that. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, uh, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of being the person that's like, when in doubt, just recycle it, and yeah, trying well, I mean, to get better I mean, at that. So- there's so many, they don't, but we don't, we're not taught this stuff again, like I said. And it's nope. like, it's kind of a catch-22 because the reason why plastic was invented was because it was a lot cheaper than uh, other options. So I get it. But then once it started getting out of hand and the population kept growing, you know, and then the phys- like the actual chemical effects of plastic in the long term is not sustainable. Right. Exactly. So that's where that's where people's mind mindset needs to shift. It's like you throwing away this one toothbrush or this one floss container or this one bottle will affect five generations from now on. It'll take five hundred years to decom- decompose. And when you when we start to kind of think about single use plastic in that form, you our our actions start changing. Um, so we think I think that's good. That's it's time. Yeah, I was on a flight from Atlanta to LA not too long ago, and I I have a silicone collapsible water bottle that uh, I oh, travel cool. with. It's food grade silicone. It's collapsible so that it can you know pack easily. And because um, one thing that I'm trying to avoid when you're in terms of talking about single use plastic, anytime you take a flight and you get Buy a, a bottle gla- of water, there you go, or the cups. Yeah. It's all single use plastic. And so yeah. I whipped out my water bottle and asked the flight attendants just fill up my water bottle and the two men sitting next to me were gobsmacked and I was like what's going on and they were like I've just I never thought of bringing a water bottle on an airplane and I'm like how can you not our our world is dying our environment is suffering we have got to start thinking about this so I give you a lot of credit because I do not have a green goal maybe Mm. I should but go off Jackie yeah go (laughs) off with that with that green resolution because my god you are doing something for the planet that we should all be thanking you for oh well we we have to start somewhere right so this is very true super true Mm -hmm. so my work i'm going to talk personal goals for a second so Mm -hmm. um at the top of every year i always give myself a number of gigs to book because we're not quite done with the year yet i don't have that solid number i will say though for 2018 
sorry, 2019. I'm just getting confused. My God. 2019, my goal <laughs> was to book 35 gigs as an actress. I'm working towards gig 41. So I'm happy Woo-hoo! to say that I've accomplished it. Yes, but I don't have my my solid number for 2020. So we're going to put that on the back burner. My other work resolution is to monetize this podcast. I think this podcast yeah. is valuable. I'm very proud of the work that we do. And I would love to monetize this podcast in 2020. So that wraps up this episode. Uh, tune in next week for our part two, where we're going to talk about how to follow the science of New Year's resolution setting and how to actually see your resolutions through to fruition, because we want you guys to be as awesome and as successful as possible in 2020 and beyond. Uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I think I think that's kind of enough. It was a big loaded show with lots of exciting announcements. I know. <laughs> but if you want to be ready for next week's episode, take some time, sit down, maybe write out your goals for 2020, uh, get some ideas down on paper so that you, in listening to next week's episode, can start to make some small action plans, really put the pedal to the metal, put some plans in place, and uh, get going to be your most successful self in 2020. This episode was produced by Christian Humes over at Zeitheist. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast. We are on the gram and you can find us on the gram at Black and Yellow Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young on Instagram. And I am Alana Webster, but my handle is at Renegade of Fun. You can also find us on Apple Podcast and Spotify at Black and Yellow Podcast. The podcast is important. It is important. (laughs) Um, And you can rate, review, please subscribe if you like. We'd love to hear your thoughts, any comments, any concerns, any questions. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd love to hear from you guys. Definitely. One love. Stay woke and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.